You're listening to the Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams. I'm going to do a masterclass now where we're going to have a look at what I call the three M's. What's it called? The three M's. So pens and papers out. Pens and papers out. You're going to want to write this stuff down. And most people don't know this. And many years ago, I didn't know this either. And it was only when I started to hang around great mentors that I started to get a much better understanding of number one, how to make more money. Raise your hand if you want to make more money in this room. Great. Now, this is what most people do for the horses. <laughs> this, is what, this is what most people do, and I've been there myself. People make money and they spend money, but they spend money on things that are not going to move them forward, right? We all like spending money. So how do you make more money? Then what's important to master is how to manage that money and then ultimately how to multiply that money so your money is working for you, you do not have to work for it and you live a life of abundance. So I'm going to share with you some top tips. We're going to look at the formula for wealth. And then we're going to go into our major breakthrough experience uh, with our arrows. So pens and papers out. There are some key elements that you can do so you can make more money in your business. And what qualifies me to talk about money? Well, I've pretty much been obsessed with it ever since I was a small boy. I made a promise to myself at the age of eight years of age that I was going to be a multi, multi, multi millionaire because I used to listen to my mum every single night, cry herself to sleep. We lived on a rough council estate, high-rise building. My mum couldn't afford to feed us. I was the kid that went to school with odd socks on, hand-me-down clothes from the thrift shop in Oxfam. I was bullied at school. And I always remember, as a young lad, thinking, I will do anything to protect my mum. And I made a promise that I was going to look after my mum and I was going to look after my little brother, Austin. Many of you know Austin. You spoke to Austin. He's part of the AFL team. And I just became obsessed with opulent items. And I would spend hours and hours at the little newsagents on the council estate square. There was a laundrette. There was a fish and chip shop. There was a newsagent. There was a tattoo artist. And I would spend my weekends in this little newsagent's at the back, just looking at magazines. And I became obsessed with like fast cars and private yachts and nice expensive watches. And it was like, one day I'm going to have all of those things. And I got posters. Did anyone used to have posters in their bedrooms of things they wanted, yeah? What, what did you have? Lamborghini? What did you have? Holidays. George Michael. George Michael. <laughs> Music, yeah? Hawaii 
picture of her on a surfboard. But I used to have these pictures on the wall. What do you, yeah, Jim, say? 911 Porsche. Babes. Babes, babes, hot babes. <laughs> boobs, boobs. <laughs> Caribbean style um, ornaments. Cari oh, really? Yeah, interesting. So, so I, I, you know, like all of us, I had the pictures up there. And from a young age, I really became driven by, because I, I, I believe that if I had all the money, I'd have all the happiness. And I'd be able to look after my mum. And I was that kid at school that could get you whatever you wanted. I used to go in with two bags. My school bag wasn't interested with my pens and papers and calculators. And then I used to go in with the Reebok bag, jeans and perfumes and cigarettes and you name it, I could get you whatever you wanted. Um, I used to go and hang out with a guy called Tim who used to run Big Mark. Did anyone, has anyone been to those? I don't know if they still exist, but... They used to run these big markets on the outskirts of London. Like thousands and thousands of people would go there at the weekend. And yeah, Sunday markets. And they'd have the, the, the guy with the lorry. Yeah, and it, it, meat or, or, or stuff, merchandise, yeah. And he'd have the headset on. Well, this was Tim, right? So I, so I went from hanging out at the newsagents, obsessing, to then before I knew it, at the start of secondary school, every Saturday, every Sunday, I'd be on the markets with Tim. And he'd be on their headset and I'd be throwing stuff into the crowd. And it was an incredible experience because I really saw firsthand how you could get people into a frenzy, how you could build desire really, really quickly. And then I said to Tim, I said, look, man, I can sell this stuff at school. You give it to me for X price. I'll sell it on and I'll have my markup. And that was my first real experience of any type. Well, I used to sell sweets and crisps in the playground as well. Did anyone remember Puff Crisps? You know, the 10p puff crisps. I used to go and buy them from the wholesalers and then sell them at school as well. So I've always liked to make money, wheel in deal, be a bit of a hustler in my early days, you know, and, um, you know, ended up door knocking. So I've always made really good money, actually. You know, even as a youngster, I was making a thousand pounds a week knocking on doors for Zenith Windows at the age of 15, 16, and 17. You know, seven days a week, knocking on those doors, people slamming their, their, their doors in me. But I became the UK's um, number one uh, door canvasser for Zenith Windows. I won awards for that. Really taught me some resilience, right? But the problem was, no one showed me how to manage that money. So I made money, I spent money. I made money, I spent money. I gave it to my mum, and that was incredible. My mum got her first business. She bought her first house, 11 Hastings Road. What an incredible experience. She set up a business called Bieber Lives. So I've always been able to make money, but I've never been able to manage it, and I certainly didn't know how to multiply it. So would you like some top tips, team, on how you can start making more money? Yes or no, guys? Yeah. Right, pens and papers out. You're going to want to write this stuff down. So number one, team, number one. Learn about money. Listen to podcasts about money. There's some great books about money. So number one is start focusing on the money. The more you learn about money, the more you'll attract money in. Because many people, they have a scarcity mindset around money. And they hoard money and they worry about money. Um, I used to do that for many, many years. Um, have an abundant mindset. You, know, you can have all the wealth that you want. Uh, number two, 
You've got to, yes, work hard, but you need to work smart and you need to understand that sacrifices need to be made. I call it risk versus reward. A lot of people want the reward, but they're not willing to take an element of risk. And it's really important, would you agree, you need to have skin in the game. Yes or no, team, yeah? You've got to have skin in the game. I always wanted the reward, but I didn't want to put any risk in. So you have to have skin in the game. You've got to make sure that your business, your product is scalable. Does the market want this? Is it something that's truly scalable? Those of you, we've got property investors in the room. Who's into property? We've got a few people, yeah? So property is very scalable. There's a huge demand for that, okay? Um, so just ask yourself, is, and some of you in this room have got like four or five businesses, right? So Nikki, you've got a lot going on. Awesome, well done, Nikki, Nikki. Are they scalable? You know, that's important to understand. Is there a demand for your product? Yeah? Can you get it out to the masses? Now, if we look at Pete and Sue, yes, it's seasonal, but it doesn't mean it's not profitable. You know, in those moments where you can act, it's very much like the hotel industry in certain countries and catering in certain places. You know, it can be seasonal, that's fine. But in the months where you can make the money, is it scalable? You've got to make sure that you, you have good profit margins. Now, there are some business models. If you look at Adam, his old car business, a typical second-hand car dealership, Adam was telling us the other day, would run at about 4 or 5% profit margin. Most run at about 3 New car dealerships, I believe, run at about 8 So it's a volume business, right? You look at Tesco's, billion-dollar company, um, they run at like you know, half a percent, 1%, right? But for most businesses, typically, like in my business, I always am. I want to be operating at at least a 30% profit margin. Yeah, so it depends on the business. But I see so many people, that they're, they're generating the income, but that you've got to really focus in on the profit, the profitability of each HMO, the profitability of each serviced accommodation unit. What is the profit? This is really important. Yes, yeah, so and make sure you've got good profit margins. And if need be... If need be, put your prices up. Don't be afraid to put your prices up. But if you put the price up, what else are you going to do? Put the value up. This is important. Put the value up, yeah? So I'll give, I'll give you an example of this, right? You know, all of you are our wonderful clients. And, you know, many of you are able to invest into the 1% club. So yes, there's an investment to be made. We've actually put the price down for that, but there's an investment to be made. But the value that you're going to receive from Adam and I over these next three years, do you think it's going to be far more than the investment you've made? Yes or no, team? It's going to be far more than the investment. And if we put more into you, are you then going to stay with us for year four, year five, year six? Yes or no, guys? You're going to become our biggest case studies, our biggest success stories, maybe future business partners. So never be afraid to increase prices or charge what you're worth. I see so many people. They do so many great things for so many people and they're freaking skin. And they're doing it for free. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a bit of charity work. Yeah, but you can't keep giving your services away for free. You need to value what you do as long as you're giving the value. Make sense, yes or no team? Yes. It's 
really important, really important. Put your rents up, put your nightly rates up. Don't rip anyone off, that is not a smart thing to do. Make sure you're fair, but be at the top end of the market. Position yourself as the best and put those prices up. Then really love your customers, love your, your, your clients. They'll stay with you for years to come. Um, hang out with successful people. Um, you buy like you sell, you sell like you buy. Let me give you an example of this, yeah? Some people, and I, I wouldn't actually say you guys here, but it can easily creep in if you're not careful. Some people do not like being sold to. And at the moment, there's like a sale or there's something, oh my goodness, they're selling to me. And success is sales. Business is sales. Life is sales. And if you are somebody that feels funny when someone is putting a great opportunity in front of you, then how can you ever build a really sexy, profitable, successful business because you're going to have to sell your products and services. You're going to have to sell to investors. You're going to have to sell to yourself to power team members. And everyone in here has got products or services to sell. Would we agree? Yes or no, team? I love being sold to as long as I'm being sold good shit. <laughs> yeah, because I want to buy good stuff. I want to invest in great people. I want to invest in great products. So something which I would recommend is just continuously embrace the skill set of becoming a better salesperson. A lot of people would find it very, very uncomfortable standing up in a room of people and saying, hey, I am a great salesperson. I have no problem whatsoever. Because I can't be a great business owner, I can't be a great leader unless I become a great salesperson. Some of the most influential people you see on the planet, the top 1%, are they all great salespeople? Yes or no, team? They're great salespeople. You're listening to The Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams.